if you can get clear on what your goal is and you let your goal live, let it breathe and don't pile on and say, oh, these are all the reasons why I can't have the thing that I want. Let your dream live and separately start thinking about how you can get it. My friend, welcome back to another episode. I'm Joanne Chan, your host of the podcast, Find Joy with Joanne. Thank you for coming back every week and showing up for yourself to continue to learn and grow and staying committed to creating a life with joy, passion, purpose and success in your own style on your own terms. And so our guest today is none other than the author of the book, Winning the Game for Work, Career Happiness and Success on your own terms. She is the CEO of Terry B. McDougall Coaching. She is an executive and career coach passionate about helping high-achieving professionals remove obstacles that keep them stuck so that they can enjoy more success and satisfaction in their lives as well as their career. Before becoming a coach, she was a long-time corporate marketing executive where she led teams, developed strategies, and advise senior leaders to drive business results. And she is also the host of the Marketing Mambo podcast. I'm so glad that she's here today to share with us how to become successful and happy at the same time. Yes, it sounds as simple as it is, but you will be surprised just how many people are not able to achieve that today. So guys, help me welcome Terry B. McDougall. Welcome to the show, Terry. Joanne, thanks for having me. I'm really, I'm really excited for our conversation today. I'm excited too. So, you know, I have brought so many things um, I want to talk to you about today. Uh, so I want to start off with a very simple but not easy question. Um, the reason I ask this question is because, to be very honest with you, you know, um, I am a high achiever, so which is why I can relate 100% to everything you said and everything you do. So before I become a coach, I was working a full-time job and I worked really hard and, um, you know, I was smart and talented as well. So I get promoted pretty fast when I was in my early 20s, you know, I was assigned to leading a team as well at the time and few years down the road, I became the manager, but it was a, you know, a small company anyway. And looking back now, it became very obvious to me that um, all those years I was seeking approval and validation from my superior, um, especially my mentor. So I was trying to prove myself to, to them in such a way that they recognize my talent and my capabilities, which is why they gave me the, the title, you know, and I was going after the title. So I got my recognition, <laughs> I got my everything. Um, on the outside world, I seem to be a happy, successful young woman, you know, someone who achieved things and seems to have her life figured out. But I didn't know when and how I just found that, you know, one day I realized, I realized that I wasn't happy. I wasn't, I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't happy with my life. And, you know, I just felt so lost and confused. And then I found I was actually struggling with what they call high-functioning depression, which is really Oh, good. yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a bit of my story. But so I really want to ask these questions because I know I'm not the only one. I've seen so mm-hmm. many people who are super successful at what they do, but deep inside, they are really struggling, you know, like let's say yes. anxiety and all these things. Mm-hmm. Do you think 
is the root cause to this common problem that we see in today's world? Yeah, well, such a great question, Joanne. And I mean, first of all, let me just say that the reason why I wrote about this topic is because this is a topic that I struggled with too. And um, I think that when I was writing my book, I came across some research by a professor at Harvard Business School named Tom DeLong, who studies high achievers. And his hypothesis, and when I read this, I was like, whoa, a big light bulb went on over my head. Um, his hypothesis is that high achievers are addicted to external validation and that they they worry about what other people think of them and that they're really seeking that. And that's what drives them. And maybe I should say that's what drives us, because certainly I was I was doing that even from childhood, like wanting to get my parents approval and then wanting to get the approval of teachers and then bosses. And, um, you know, when you mentioned that you had kind of a uh, low level of depression. I mean, I've certainly experienced that as well because that really can't fill you up. Even if you are constantly, you know, getting A pluses on your uh, exams and projects at school, and you're getting you're getting promotions and raises and all of that, what we find is that doesn't fill us up. And the reason is because we're not really paying attention to deep down inside and authentically what we need as individuals. And that I think is what needs to shift for us to go from, you know, being these hyper-driven um, high achievers that are successful, but not satisfied to being someone who is balanced in terms of, yes, we're successful in our professional careers, but we also feel a sense of satisfaction in our lives. And I think it's really a matter of, starting to look deep inside of ourselves and saying, you know, what's my purpose? What is going to make me happy? Where should I set my boundaries in terms of how much work is enough? Because, I mean, I certainly see it a lot with many of my clients that they work in these very, very driven industries where if they wanted to work, if they could work 24-7, their companies would allow them to do that. And I know uh, I've seen many people that were working, they were working at a, at a pace that really was not sustainable, that they would hit a wall with either health or, you know, physical or mental health or even issues with their relationships. I've, I've seen clients like that where, you know, they were having, they were literally neglecting their families because their work was so demanding and it is important for us at some point to just say, what's what's right for me personally? And like deep down, what do I need? You know, do I need to exercise? Do I need to spend time doing nothing? Do I need to spend time with friends? What do I want to do? What makes me happy? And realize that, frankly, I think that that's, that's at the heart of where we find happiness is when we're paying attention to deep down inside what it is that we need and what we want. Mm. I personally find it difficult because as a high achiever, you know, I always like, you know, I need to go, you know, once I achieve something, the next thing, the next thought that always comes out is what is next? Mm-hmm. What is next? So we totally stop and take a moment to just ask ourselves, what have I done or what is really important to me or what makes me really happy? We thought achieving things, I thought achieving mm-hmm. things makes me happy, but mm-hmm. it makes me happy for a while. But sure. Yeah. 
So yeah, I mean, I love that. I'm a, I'm a competitive person. And I, I used to say all the time, I mean, working in marketing, we were always, we always had so many projects and big things that we were doing. And it was always on to next, on to next, on to next. And um, I, I really ask my clients to stop, like when they've completed something, to stop and celebrate that moment. Look back, look at what you've accomplished. Because what can happen is that people lose confidence in themselves because they don't appreciate what they've overcome to reach that accomplishment. You know, that they'll just be like, no big deal. That wasn't, oh yeah, I worked on this for nine months and, you know, worked long hours and came up with really creative ideas and, you know, made, I negotiated amazing contracts or whatever the amazing thing is that they did. But they just say, no big deal. And we have to stop and appreciate the, the things that we brought to the table, what's special about us, and, and really stand in that moment of achievement and, and absorb it. Like, what, what was special about me that made this happen? Because when we can appreciate that about ourselves, we, we value it. And and this is all about feeling worthy and and feeling valued, understanding that we're innately valuable. Um, because I think a lot of us feel like we're only valuable if we can accomplish something. And that's not true. We're we're all worthy and valuable the moment that we come onto this earth. You know, even when we're not doing anything, we're still valuable. Yeah, we are worthy at the core of who we are, right? We alone. Yes. But yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's really funny because we don't value ourselves. We don't celebrate ourselves, but we want others to celebrate us as a high achiever who is constantly mm-hmm. and validation from others. So it's kind of a contradiction here that I'm seeing. So um, as we said, you know, a high achiever has a higher tendency to seek approval and external validation. But uh, in general, I, I think most of us, we seek external validation in you know one way or another and I always tell my audience you know yes you will feel good when someone approve you but, sure but it feels good unsustainable because you will need it again and again and again yes so what are some of your advice then to or methods that you use to help people overcome the need to seek approval well, I mean, I think it's a matter of putting thing in, things in context and also recognizing that when we put our, you know, self-esteem or our value in someone else's hands, a hundred percent, that that makes us vulnerable to manipulation because that means that it's almost like being a puppet. If somebody's going to withhold uh, validation and then we keep seeking it and seeking it and it makes us open to being manipulated by someone. And I, I've seen it many times in both, you know, professional situations, but also it's a lot of times what happens in, you know, um, codependent relationships or, you know, even abusive relationships where somebody will withhold approval or withhold love or withhold, um, you know, um, compliments or whatever, so that they can get that person to seek it even more. And I think that what we need to do, uh, often 
often with high achievers, when we're not getting the outcome that we want, we work harder, we go faster, we do more. And I think that when we feel that compulsion to do that, what we actually need to do, and it's something that will be uncomfortable the first few times somebody does it, is actually to stop, take a breath, and actually step back and look at the bigger situation, look at the big picture, and see what's going on around you. Because it could be, for example, that you're on a project team and you're doing 90% of the work and other people aren't doing any of the work. Um, It could be that uh, your boss knows that if they don't give you something that you work harder. And it's a matter of us beginning to see our value and saying, you know, what, what am I worth? What am I what am I putting into the situation if I try to look at the situation objectively rather than subjectively? Because when we're, when we're out there just seeking, kind of blindly seeking approval, we're very, we're very subjective. We're not looking at ourselves in the context of the situation. And I think it's very important to do that um, because it's only in that situation that we can say, I am worth more than this. I mean, I've seen people that, you know, they're being paid a lot less than what they're worth. And part of the reason why is because they uh, haven't really stepped back to see, like, what is the value of the work that I'm doing? And then having the confidence to step up and say, you know, I'm providing this much value and I think that I deserve to be paid this much or I've done this and I think it's time for me to be promoted to the next level. But instead, sometimes we, we approach it rather than adults, we might approach it more like a child, like going to the parent, rather than someone who's an adult and has, uh, you know, a clear view of what their value is. Mm, very interesting. So it's all about taking a step back and looking at a, at a bigger picture and really do some, you know, self reflections or, uh, right, to really ask ourselves some of the questions. So and I remember, you know, in our previous conversation when we first met, um, you said something that really hit me. So I really want to dive deep with you on that today. I'm not sure if you still remember, but uh-huh. something like when you know who you are, other things can't hurt you. So I Yes, absolutely. So much because it's so true. So talk to me about what do you actually mean by that? And how exactly do we do that? Like, how do we know ourselves? Well, you know, the funny thing is that um, it's not, you know, all of us worry about what other people think of us, right? But if you really dig into that whole thing, it's not really what other people think about us that bothers us. It's what we think other people think about us. Because the reality is that we don't know. We cannot look in somebody else's head and understand what they think of us. And so if we change our own beliefs, that that's actually what can allow us to stand with ourselves and be supportive of ourselves. And if we're supportive of ourselves rather than doubtful or worried or whatever, we're going to be able to show up more confidently, um, if, if that makes sense. I know that gets a little bit into, into you know the psychological weeds a little bit but um if if you really think about this like i've i've seen it happen very often like say my husband and i are someplace and we both we both uh witness the same thing happening 
And one of us will have, well, we'll have two very different reactions to it. Like maybe one of us will be like, oh my gosh, that was terrible. What just happened? And the other one is saying, well, what's the big deal? It's no big deal. And that's all based on the fact that we have different beliefs about what should happen. And if we start to, you know, go deep, like if we're in a situation and we feel bad about something that happened, what's important is for us to go deep and say, what's the belief that is there? What was the thought that I had just as I had that emotional response? And if we can lift that belief up to the surface and start to ask ourselves, does this belief serve me? And if it doesn't, what would I like to replace this belief with? We actually, it's, it's almost like our operating system, sort of like with a computer, like we can update our software. Mm. And, and I think that most of us, or many of us don't realize that because this happens at the subconscious level, you know, something happens, it triggers a thought that we don't, we don't even realize what the thought is, but we have a reaction. You know, we, we get sad or we get angry or we, you know, get happy or whatever. Um, but it's based on a belief that we have. Um, and I'll, I'll give you another example. I actually have this example in my book. Say that you're driving on the, on the road and uh, another car comes along and it cuts you off. At least here in America, <laughs> people get, you know, they, yeah. they'll start beeping on the horn and, you know, gesturing and cursing because they feel threatened. And usually the belief there is that person's trying to hurt me. And so they get defensive about it. But let's say that instead of just the regular car, it was an ambulance that was, was uh, cutting you off to get, make it to the exit for the hospital. You know, we would be shocked in the moment because it was surprising that this happened, but usually we're not going to, you know, curse and beat the horn at an ambulance because we understand that something serious is happening and they're probably trying to get an injured person to the hospital. Um, And the difference there is just that we have a different belief. Okay. It was exactly the same thing that happened, but we have a different belief about it because we're saying, oh, well, the ambulance, well, very well could be that somebody that cuts us off, you know, maybe they're also going to the hospital. We don't know. So, so if we can let that go it preserves more energy for us to invest our energy in other things that can get more of a positive outcome in our lives. So, um, yeah. sorry, that was a lot. I, I went into a lot there. So please, if you have any questions, ask, um, and I'll try to try to clarify. Yes, of course. Um, it takes a lot of self-awareness, of course, to be able to catch yourself for having a negative thoughts, for example, in that moment, before you are going to react, right, in, 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 the, in the way that you usually do. So, yeah, it takes a lot of work. Of course, we as a coach, we know how to, we catch ourselves sure. more often than not, but for people who are not so aware, that might not be able to do that. So they, what they do is just like react, you know, in the way that they have, sure. they are programmed to do so, then they are not sure. That. Um, so, yeah, um, do you want to add on to that? I would just say that um, in the beginning, you are going to keep doing whatever's been habitual, whatever the pattern has been, you're going to keep doing it. If you catch yourself, even when you're halfway down the path, it's okay to say, oh, I'm doing this thing that I didn't want to do. I'm going to backtrack. Mm-hmm. It's okay to do that. And what people will find, and I've found this, and I'm sure you probably have too, is that 
when you're in the midst of changing a habit, you are going to go to that old habit for a while. But then once you catch yourself, if you just if you just backtrack and you say, okay, I remember I wanted to do something different in this situation. So, and you do that thing that's different, what you'll find is the amount of time that it takes you to catch yourself gets lower and lower and, and then, or less and less. And then it will get to a point where you just automatically do the new thing. But in the meantime, don't beat yourself up. If you find yourself falling into the old habit, just catch yourself and backtrack and do the new thing that you've told yourself. So it could be, you know, that you're angry and you're beeping the horn at somebody that cut you off. And then you realize, you remember like, oh, this is just wasted energy. I'm not going to do that anymore. So maybe you beep once and then you say, oh yeah, I'm not going to do that again. And then after a while, you still might be shocked when somebody cuts you off on the highway, but you also realize like, what good does it do me to react? Just, you know, let your adrenaline drain from your, your body and, and uh, just go back to whatever you were doing before. Yeah, I love that. Um, and that actually leads me to the next question that I wanted to ask you, which is in your in one of your articles that you actually mentioned, the title of the article is actually um, your envy is trying to tell you something. And there you read yes. on the blog, you know, you said when you feel envy, your subconscious is trying to tell you, I would like to do that too. And you said yes. your, heart, your heart and soul may be trying to tell you something that your head doesn't want to hear. So you know, it's easy to get envy, especially in the workplace, right? When there was someone mm-hmm. promotions or when they land a big yes. client or they knew their, you know, they knew their presentation at work. Some of us may feel that, wow, they are, they are really inspiring. You know, we admire them, but sometimes we mm-hmm. find ourselves a little, you know, uneasy, yeah. a little judgmental and defensive, although we might still Mm-hmm. shake their hands and say, congratulations. But at the back of our mind, we might be thinking, you know, wow, they just got lucky or, you know, it's not such a big deal or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And um, so it's almost impossible to compare ourselves to others, to our peers, especially in the world yeah. today. So uh, what do you mean when you say your heart and soul may be trying to tell you something that your head doesn't want to hear? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy to talk about this because I think it actually relates very much to what we were just talking about, yes. like those those beliefs, because Sometimes our heart is saying, I, you know, I want that. I want to be able to do that. But it's bumping up against a belief that our head has put into place. Um, And if we feel that, I mean, I think that envy is conflict within ourselves, right? Because the reason why we're envious is because we, part of us wants it. And part of us is saying that we can't have it that we're not worthy of having it. And the reality is, guess what? You are worthy of having it. Whatever it is that you want, you are worthy of having it. Now, I'm not saying that you're prepared to have it right now, but I I talk with my clients very often about this, that you know, if you can get clear on what your goal is and you let your goal live, let it breathe, and don't pile on and say, oh, these are all the reasons why I can't have the thing that I want. Let your dream live and separately start thinking about how you can get it. Because yeah, maybe it's going to be five years before you can get that thing that somebody else just got. But if you allow the energy to be used for positive, if you say to yourself, yeah, I'm worthy of having this, I'm worthy of being promoted, I'm worthy of being married, I'm worthy of having children, I'm worthy of, you know, buying that house or, or 
whatever it is going on that, you know, spiritual track, whatever it is, the thing is that you want to do, you're worthy of having it. I, I really don't think that people think of things that they want unless they're worthy of having it. Now, separately, you're going to have to come up with your plan on how to get it, right? And if you allow your energy to go towards positive to say, well, if, if I know that I'm worthy of having this, what's the first thing that I need to do to make this happen? And, and pour your energy into making it happen rather than, you know, being angry about why you didn't get it, right? We don't, we really don't know why other people get the things that they want. But I will say that most of the time, if somebody is getting what they want, it's because they think they're worthy of having it. And we can all step into that. Yeah. And they put in the work, I'm sure, right? They put in the- yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so instead of asking, instead of, you know, being jealous and telling ourselves we can never get what they have, we can never have what they have, instead of that, yeah, it's important to uh, shift our mindset a little bit to say that I can have what I have as well, right? Can I just say one more thing about yeah, that sure. too? Which is that, you know, other people's success has nothing to do with our success, right? It's not a, it's not a zero sum game. We can all, just because somebody else gets something, it doesn't mean there's less for us, mm. right? I mean, it could be that, yes, you work in a company and there's only one um, you know, promotion to VP happening this quarter, right? And maybe somebody else gets it and you don't get it. But we all are individuals and we all like, just because somebody else is successful or happy doesn't mean that they're taking success and happiness away from us. Like we all have the propensity to be happy and successful, um, but we will do it in our own way. And so comparing ourselves to somebody else is actually pointless because they're not identical to us. They have different values. They've got different goals. They've got different experiences and backgrounds than we do. And we'll find our own path. It's so it's really important to realize that, you know, we're all uniquely uh, valuable. We're all uniquely gifted. And it, when we step fully into our own potential, that's where we find that our own success and happiness. It's just, it's a really beautiful thing to realize, like, we're all really, we're, we're all here for a reason. We're all here for our own unique reason. And, you know, so if we're all here for our own unique reason, and then it's really pointless to compare ourselves to other people. Yeah, but it's hard to see that sometimes. Um, yes. Yeah, I love that when you said, you shouldn't compare ourselves to others, because we are, First and foremost, we are all different and we are all unique and we all have our different set of, you know, strength and weaknesses. So it's pointless. Yeah. So it's like it's as though you are comparing apple with oranges. It's like yes. pointless, right? You're right. Um, so yeah, thank you. And yeah, one more thing that I just uh just came out, you know, it's all about where you're coming from. If you're coming from a mentality of lack and uh, scarcity you will feel like it's never enough. It's never going to be you. It's never going to, you know, mm -hmm. it's already taken. Mm -hmm. You have no chance at all. Yes. But if you are coming from an abundance mentality, then it's always going to be more for you. And, you know, mm -hmm. there. yeah, I, you know, what I would say about the um, coming, coming at things from a, a position of sort of scarcity, mm. it's, it's very natural for, for us to sometimes be negative because we want to protect ourselves. When we're coming at things from a place of scarcity, 
we're trying to protect ourselves from risk, from disappointment. And, and that's fine. And sometimes that might be necessary. Like if you're sick or you've gone through a big loss, like we, we may want to, you know, recede and, and go in sort of like protect ourselves for a while while we heal. But if we live our lives that way, we're really closing ourselves off from, you know, possibilities. And when we live in a place where we believe in abundance, that's it's I think of it often as like having blinders on. And then when we're living in a a place of scarcity, it's like we're just looking at the world through a pinhole, you know, so we can't see a lot. We say, oh, there's just not enough out there. There's not a lot out there. But if we're willing to sort of peel the blinders back, what we realize is that the world is is full of possibilities. Now there's risk. Yes, of course there's risk, but there's also lots of possibilities. And, you know, also I want to point out that sometimes when people are succeeding, you know, quote unquote succeeding, Mm -hmm. like they've gotten the promotion or they've, they're doing something that we wish we could do. A lot of times they've been willing to take the risks. They've been willing to step out. And it's important for us to really look at ourselves and say, well, Am I willing to do that? Am I willing to really take responsibility for the things that I want and do the things that I need to do to make it happen? Mm. Yeah, that's um, yeah, that's such an important question to ask. Am I willing to do what they have done? Because in order to get what you want, you have to do. You know, there's a famous saying that says, uh, "If you want something that you have never had, then you have to do something that you have never done." It's just as simple as that, right? True. And it can yeah. be scary. It can definitely be scary because, you know, if we haven't done it. We don't know what, yeah. what it takes. There can be risk and, you know, there can be some, you know, failure between now and when they actually succeed. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's all part of life. So I think that is really what is really holding people back from reaching their goals. So that is also one of the questions that I want to ask you. So, um, you know, deep inside, we know what we want, right? I believe we all know what we want. We all mm-hmm. know what we are yeah. passionate about. We all know what, what makes us happy. But somehow we are just so afraid, like what I said, you know, to go after the thing that we really want um, and continue to stay stuck in where we are mm-hmm. at and still, you know, not being happy. So mm-hmm. or in your own experiences, you know, your coaching experiences, working in clients, what are the most common blocks or beliefs that 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 you found, you know, they are keeping people stuck and keeping them from achieving their greatest desires and reaching their, you know. Yeah. You know, people can tell themselves that, you know, any number of things, I think it's all around like what we tell ourselves, right. It could be that, you know, I'm not good enough. It could be that, you know, I think most of the time it does boil down to, you know, I'm not worthy. And if, if we can switch that to say, I am worthy. I'm worthy. Okay, so if I'm worthy, what do I need to do to make this happen? And it does, you know, I um, I saw a saying, I don't know if I'm going to get it exactly right, but that no progress ever happened within the comfort zone. You know, so we we have to even put one little toe outside of our comfort zone in order to make progress. Um, and it can be scary. It's naturally scary to do something that we've never done before. Um, and I, I see very often that um, people who have been successful up to this point in their life, um, that they can sometimes be a little perfectionistic. And that's a belief that they're telling themselves that there is a perfect path forward. And I would argue that there is no perfect path forward, because the future is unwritten. 
you know, things that have worked in the past for other people aren't necessarily going to work going forward because things are changing around us constantly. I mean, if we look at technology or even, you know, the pandemic, I mean, everything is changing very rapidly right now. And so just because something worked in the past doesn't mean it's going to work going forward. So we have to, you know, kind of look at the situation, make decisions about what we think is going to work and try it. And then if we, you know, quote unquote fail, which I don't really think there is such thing as failure. I think it's just all about learning um, that when we learn something, even if it's painful, humiliating, whatever, that we pick ourselves up and we say, okay, I've learned something. What's my next best step that I need to take to, to uh, keep going? Um, You know, I work with a lot of people that are in job search and a lot of people that want to do career pivots as well. And what I always tell them is go out and find somebody who's doing the thing that you would like to do and talk to them. You know, because if somebody has traveled a path that you, that's similar to what you want to travel, you're going to learn a lot from talking to them. You know, they're going to be able to tell you where the pitfalls are and, you know, maybe disavow you of some of your beliefs that you think, you know, how it's going to be. I I mean, a lot of times people will look at a profession and say, oh, that looks so great for these reasons, or it looks glamorous, or it looks, you know, probably pays a lot or whatever. And when they talk to somebody who's in it, they get a fuller view of it. They start to realize like, oh, okay, well, there's, there are some, you know, really cool things on the surface of this job, but there are some other things that maybe are different than I thought they were going to be. And that may either you know, further attract somebody to that, or it may make them realize like, oh, that's not actually a good fit for me. Yeah. Unless you try it, you wouldn't know whether you like it or not. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's also something that can keep people from taking action is that they don't know what they don't know. And so they're like, well, I think I want to do that, but I'm really afraid to jump into it. And I say, well, you don't need to jump into it. Like find somebody else who already has jumped into it and ask them all your questions. Ask them like, what do you like about your job? How did you get started? You know, what kind of backgrounds um, tend to do well in this? You know, what are, you know, things that would surprise somebody or what was your biggest surprise once you started working in that role? Um, because that that's a good way of sort of being the fly on the wall to be able to see things without being the person doing it. And then not only that, but um, you know, a lot of people don't like to network. They're, they're scared <laughs> about networking, you know, cause they have to sort of expose themselves and that, you know, expose like their vulnerabilities sometimes. But what I've found is that a lot of times when people begin these relationships, just by saying like, I'm interested in what you're doing, I'd like to learn more that they actually create advocates for themselves you know, I've had um, clients that, you know, they reach out to someone and then the next thing you know, that person's calling them and saying, we have an opening at our company, you know, would you like me to, you know, hand your resume into the hiring manager? Um, you know, sometimes that can just open up paths to having the thing happen that we dream of, which yeah. is, and, and this is the point that I, that I want to make for people too, is that once we get clear on what our goal is, it doesn't have to be hard. Like sometimes it can, sometimes once we get clear on what it is that we want, it can happen pretty quickly. I've seen it happen. It's um, because we are surrounded by possibilities. And once we sort of pull those blinders back, we can start to connect the dots 
in ways that we couldn't when we were looking at, at the world through a pinhole, you know, like it's what you're saying, like abundance versus scarcity. If we believe there's abundance, we can start connecting the dots to get there. Yeah, I believe as well. You know, opportunities are all around us. Just that yes. you were not looking for it. You you were not you didn't actually know what you were looking for. So there's a reason why you couldn't see any of it. That's really mm-hmm. I really love that. Um and yeah, asking someone already in the job that you want to, you know, um try out for yourself is really a good advice as well. And yeah, and the next question that I want to ask is is an interesting question. Um so I'm sure you also know people who complains about their job a lot, right? And uh, mm-hmm. I do have friends, you know, who just, every time we hang out, just complains about their job, complains about their mm-hmm. thoughts, about their co-workers, their clients. And then when you ask them, if you hate your job so much, why don't you just quit, you know, and buy another job? Then they will come up with a lot of excuses why they just can't, right? It's pandemic mm-hmm. or it's difficult to find a job or just, sure. it's actually quite good. Um. As a coach, we both know that, especially you, you as a career coach, you of course you know that it's not, it's not about that, right? It's more than that. It's not quite the truth. So the truth is maybe they are just afraid to step out of their comfort zone as we just talked about, right? And they are sure. hate a lot of their fears and all these beliefs. So if mm-hmm. someone comes to you today and say um, they are not happy with their job, what are some of the things that you encourage them to do in order to become happier at their job if they choose to stay? Mm-hmm. Um, well, the, the first thing I would say is that, you know, they have to uh, kind of flip the, the switch a bit from what they don't like or what is bad about it to what they do want. Like every goal needs to be stated in positive terms. So it's not like, oh, I want to get away from this unhappiness. I want to, you know, I want to escape that because you can't run away. You need to run towards what it is that you want. So. Um, it's not it's not uncommon at all for people to come and and in the beginning complain a lot about what they're experiencing and that's okay i mean it's the pain they're feeling pain and they want to describe the pain and that's fine we can normalize that like hopefully get them to a point where they can okay they've they've talked about their pain they've vented now let's wave a magic wand and say what would you like your situation to look like like ideally what would you like this to to look like now, sometimes people can get the thing that they want in their current position, right? They might just have to do a few things differently. Um, but that's the first step is getting clear on what that goal is in positive terms. And then once that, once they have that clear, the next step is to say, okay, well, what's the gap between where I am now and where I would ideally like to be? Let's start building a roadmap to get from point A to point B, you know, that ideal situation. A lot of times when I'm working with people in a coaching situation, what we do as we're building the roadmap is we come across gaps in in skill sets, right? So maybe it's they're uncomfortable because they have people on their team that are underperforming and they don't feel comfortable having those crucial, very direct conversations with them. So we might work on that, or it might be that, you know, they don't show up confidently in meetings and they've gotten feedback that, you know, they're not ready for the next step because they're not showing that sort of executive presence, whatever it is, you know, there, we all have things that we can all work on. So if we can focus on those skills and start developing those skills, I've seen it actually a lot where people 
you know, they come to me and they're like, oh, I really need to get a new job. And then once they start working on skills that they actually start performing better and they fall back in love with their job because it wasn't that it wasn't the job. It was just that they had some deficits that they needed to address. And, um, you know, and then they they do realize like, oh, it does pay well. And my boss does like me. And uh, now that I'm feeling confident when I show up to work every day, I actually like my job. Um, but there are also sometimes, you know, situations where they look and they realize like there's not enough growth opportunities or it is a toxic situation. And in that case, I, I just try to help people realize like, okay, first of all, if you've got a job, that's great. You know, let's try to minimize the amount of pain that you're feeling so that you have more energy to focus on looking for a new job. Right. So that, that will mean just rather than venting and getting angry or defensive or avoiding all of those things take a lot of energy. So if we can just sort of try to tolerate or, you know, maybe look for those opportunities, like how can I be of service or how can I look for opportunities? Like that is a higher level of energy where we start to get energy back. Like if we're helping people at work, even if we don't like our job, if we're helping them, we feel better. And then we have more energy to focus on maybe looking for another job or, you know, coming up with other solutions that are going to help us uh, get to a better place. So I, I, I think at the heart of it, we have to take responsibility for the situation and not be a victim of it because there's, there's not a lot of energy in being a victim. Yeah. And I just want to say something. Um, um, it's not about the job, it's about you, right? It's the problem. Yes. If you have the same beliefs, whenever you go, no matter how many jobs you get, you know, it would be the same situation if you don't yes. change. Uh, just something that I, I wanted to say. Um, well, it's, it's funny because I have seen people that will come and say, well, every place I go, like, you know, I don't know what it is. Like the bosses never like me. And it, you, you know, okay, if it happens once, that's fine. But if it happens two, three, four times, there's one common denominator in these situations. And it's you. It's hard, right? It's hard. But it just means that the good news about situations like that is that we actually have control over it, because we can change how we show up. Right? It's not always easy. And sometimes we see things in ourselves that, you know, we cringe a little bit. Um, But it's okay. Like all of it, like, Whatever we're doing right now, we're doing because it was a coping mechanism that we we learned in our past that help us deal with something from our past. But sometimes what happens is that, you know, we're in a situation and the situation has changed, but we're using an old coping mechanism. It's not working anymore. So all we need to do is figure out how do we evolve our coping mechanisms to be aligned with the challenge that we're facing right now. It's totally doable. It really is. Um, and also, you know, for anybody that's like, oh, I don't know, you know, I don't know if I can face that. Like, it's so common. I mean, everybody, everybody deals with this kind of stuff. So it's not, there's no shame in it at all, right? It's just about being a human. Mm, yeah. Sometimes we really forget that we are human. We try to do everything yes. as it is. We want everything to be perfect, but we forgot we are only imperfect human being. So yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can talk to you for hours. <laughs> can you believe that? Um, and thanks for sharing and thanks for being here. So we're going to wrap up with our final five rapid fire questions. So it's 
five questions that I always ask my guests every time on the show. So every question has to be answered in one word or one sentence. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. All right. You can do it. Just have fun with it. No pressure. So are you ready for it? I'm ready. Okay. So the first question is, what is the best career advice that you have ever received? Oh, start with what you like to do and what you're good at, and then look into the marketplace and see where there's a match for what you like to do and what you're good at. Wow, that is a perfect answer. I love that. Okay, second question. What is the worst career advice that you have ever received? Follow the money. (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. Okay, third question. What is something that you are trying to learn or curious about right now? Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what I'm trying to learn right now is how, how to leverage my book to become a speaker. Okay, we're going to talk about that later. Okay, so, uh, the next question. If you have five minutes and the whole world was listening, what would you say? What I would say is that every single person on this earth is worthy. You were put here with unique gifts that only you have, and your purpose is to figure out how to use those gifts. They're, you're here for a reason. Wow, I love that. It's beautiful. Everyone needs to hear this. The last question, what brings you joy? Ah, what, <laughs> what brings me joy is being creative and being with my family. Oh, love that. Okay. Oh, it was so lovely to have you here. So do you want to talk about the book as well as your speaking, you know, engagement, the future, or do you have any coming out that we can? Um, I, I can talk about the book. I mean, the, the book, I wrote the book uh, because I learned a lot of lessons the hard way. I was very ambitious and wanted to move up. And what I realized when I got into the workplace is that it wasn't so straightforward. There were a lot of unwritten rules, if you will, about how you got ahead and how the workplace worked. And as I learned those the hard way and also through mentors and coaches, I just wanted to share those insights with other people so they didn't have to struggle so much. Um, in terms of, um, you know, becoming a speaker, I mean, obviously I'm doing, I've been on lots and lots of podcasts. I'm doing speaking this way, but um, I'm actually exploring how to become a keynote speaker to, to get onto stages. And um, I, I think I just need to come up with my uh, keynote talk. And actually I'm, I'm going to be on, um, I'm going to be on a success summit um, on the, 26th, I think it is of August, um, where I'm going to be talking about the five big lies that hold you back and what to do about them. Okay. And as I, I'm, I think that that actually could be a, a good keynote speak speech for me to develop and maybe tape. So. Sure. And can, where, where can people sign out for that? Is it? Um, I can, I can send you the link if, um, it, to, to put out there because I, I don't have it off the top of my no. head but it's going to be on LinkedIn and I think a couple other places live and then it will be recorded but I can send you the link if people are interested in um, registering for that 
Yeah, sure. I love that. Um, I, I personally, I would love to hear that. Uh, attend your first keynote. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm sure a lot of people uh, get a lot of insights from this talk as well. So where can people find you other than other than that? Um, my website, which is terrybmcdougal.com. I'm also active on LinkedIn. And my handle there is Terry B. McDougall. I'd be happy to get uh, connected with your listeners. Um, if people are interested in my book, it's available on Amazon worldwide. And the title is Winning the Game of Work, Career, Happiness, and Success on Your Own Terms. And then finally, if people are interested in marketing and they want to hear me talking to lots of brilliant marketers, um, which I absolutely love. It's so fun. Um, my podcast is available on all the platforms. It's Marketing Mambo, or you can go to marketingmambo.net. Thank you. All right, guys, go follow Terry, go to her website, read her articles, check out her books and all the amazing things that she's doing as well as check out her podcast, listen to it. And if you are not following me, follow me at joyan.chan. If you haven't subscribed yet, hit that subscribe button so you'll never miss another episode. And I will always leave you the same way as I leave you every other episode, which is show up. The world needs you and you need you. All right, thanks for listening and I wish you all a joyful and amazing day ahead. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you love this episode, take a screenshot of this and share it on your IG story and tell me at findjoywithjoyen underscore podcast and also remember to use the hashtag findjoywithjoyen so we can connect with you and your friends and family can listen to this episode as well and get inspired to find their own career happiness and success on their own terms. And also, if you would like to support me personally and support my mission, then please help us rate and review the podcast at Apple Podcasts. I read all of them. And until next time, my friend, show up. The world needs you and you need you. You need the best version of yourself every single day. So always strive to be the best you can be in this present moment. Again, thanks for being here and I will see you in the next episode.